you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Have y'all missed me? Amen. Well, so good to be home. Listen, it is good to be home. Let me tell you why. I almost died. I got to tell you this story. It's storytellers. So I got to tell you this story. Almost died. I did. Is my wife back there? She's coming right now. She, she will attest to this. She will not. Okay, maybe I didn't almost die, but it was close, a little bit close. Me and my wife been gone. We had to go to meetings on the East Coast, and then me and Laurie took a little sabbatical, went up to the mountains of Tennessee to take a sabbatical just to be with the Lord. And uh, I think the devil was fighting us because on the on the way there, first of all, when we leave, my my daughter calls me, and uh, her engine blew up in her car. 64,000 miles. Two days later, my other daughter calls. Her transmission goes out of her car. They would let her borrow my car while her, my, her, her car's in the shop. She blows up my car. I just want to tell you right now, don't get mad at me. Y'all still love me. If you own a Ford, I don't like you. I got nothing but Fords, and they all in the shop, and I'm never buying another one a day in my life. Just to let you know. Mopar all the way. Amen. We had already been warned that when we got the road that went up to the cabin, it was one lady says she got there, saw the road, and turned around and went home. Well, y'all know I'm afraid of heights, so I get there. The road getting to the there was already bad enough. But we get and we look up the road, and it's a one-lane road. and It's not even a road. It's a path where the two car marks are at. There's There's gravel right there there's grass in the middle there's a beautiful mountain on one side and there is eternity on the other side and if y'all know me I'm afraid of heights so we're going up that mountain I'm I'm just back and I'm in my car that was the stupidest thing I ever done I'm in my car and Laurie as we're going up stay away from the side stay away from the side stay away from the side don't get to the edge don't get to the edge I'm going shut up shut up shut up shut up Now, that wasn't dramatic. That was the truth. So we had to go up there. It's a pretty good drive up that thing. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And we finally get up there to the top. And I thank God. Oh. Get up there, go in the house and the cabin. And it's, it's beautiful. It's on this little tiny cabin. It's on top of the mountain. And we get up there. And Laura said, John, come here. Come here. She's so excited. She said, come here. Come here. So I go out there. I'm all excited. I go out there and I look in the backyard. <laughs> There's a bear. No lie. It wasn't no teddy bear. It wasn't no koala bear. It was a big old black bear. And for the rest of the trip, I wouldn't let Laura keep anything outside because I didn't want to attract the bear. 
I leave the, she leave the towels on. I'm like, bring those towels in. I smell good. It may draw the bear in. And I'm going to be honest with you. I lost a little bit of respect to my wife. She, she lost respect for me. Because at nighttime, I would take a chair and put it underneath the door handle of the door. You don't know. It's a bear. And don't Google. Because I Googled what to do. They said, don't run and don't play dead. And I'm like, well, if I can't run and I can't play dead, what is, you know what it said to do? Act like a bear and go, Arr. So that's our near-death experience. Being that we're doing doing storytellers, let me tell you another story. This one not quite as funny. Husband and wife are they going on vacation. They're at a outlet mall shopping. While they're there, they come across a toy store. Some 15 years early, they had been there with their little kids. The father said, let's go inside. And memories started rushing back. And the father smiled and remembered the time that he had brought his son into the store. Because 15 years ago, when they'd opened the store, a famous car designer, Chip Foose, was there to open the store. And that dad had gone in because he wanted to meet Chip Foose. But... His son came in too. When they get in the store, it's a place that they build cars. You, you and your son can build a little car. And when they come inside, well, the, the parents were at that time poor. They didn't have a lot of money, just barely enough to go on vacation. The son wanted a car. Parents couldn't afford it. And they ended up having to leave that day. Dad brokenhearted. So 15 years later, the dad, there's him and his wife are walking through the store. The, the dad pulls out his phone, and he, he begins to take pictures of the store, and he sends the cars to his now 25-year-old son, and he says, Son, pick whatever car you want. Dad's going to buy you one. And the son takes back, and he says, Ha, ha, Dad, don't worry about it. Don't buy me no little car. The dad takes back and says, Son, your dad feels bad. Now back then, he couldn't afford to buy you a car. He can now. The son would take something back that, probably not knowing, but very profound. He takes back and he said, Dad, don't worry about it. I remember meeting the designer more than I remember not getting the car. that's, That's powerful right there. See, if we could ever as believers decide in our life to care more about the design or the creator than we do the creation and the design, we would be good. Amen? When we would start caring about the miracle worker instead of the miracles, we would stop being so disappointed in our life. When I heard that story at It led me to a passage I'm going to read to you today out of Mark chapter 5, verse 21. I want you to turn there. Mark chapter 5, verse 21, and let me read this to you. When Jesus again had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, the crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. 
So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. So he, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. And it's been all she had yet. Instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter's dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus turned to him and said, Don't be afraid, just believe. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the word that we're about to receive. And I, I pray, Lord, that every heart and every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one leave this house the same way that they came. But be blessed by your word and your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. In this story, there's a man by the name of Jairus. He's a synagogue leader. His daughter, his only child, 12 years old, is dying. She's on her deathbed. Now, you need to understand something. Synagogue leaders and rulers had nothing to do with Jesus. They didn't like Jesus. They didn't want to be around Jesus. In fact, most of them hated Jesus. But can I tell you, in the middle of desperate times, you stop worrying about what others think, and all you care about is what God thinks. And at that moment, what happens is he comes, he said, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Please come and heal her. Jesus at that moment turns and starts to follow. I want to throw something out, and I want you to hear this right now. At the moment you go to Jesus in prayer with a, with a ask, can I tell you, Jesus always responds. Maybe not in the time you thought. Maybe not with the answer you want, but he does respond. At that moment, Jesus begins to follow Jairus. He's going to his house, and as he does, the crowd gathers around him, and all of a sudden, Jesus feels power come out of him. He turns and he said, who touched me? Even the disciples were like, uh, Jesus, you've been out in the heat too long. I mean, you got a crowd. There's a whole bunch that touched you. What's up? What? What's up? But Jesus won't stop. He's like, who, who touched me? Who touched me? Finally, a woman comes up and says, I touched you. And in other words, I've had an issue with blood for, and I want you to remember this, 12 years Jesus said, woman, you're healed. Don't worry about it anymore. You're free. Now, by the time she leaves, well, the problem is in this story, and you probably did the same thing, in the story of the woman being healed, you probably forgot about Jairus, didn't you? Because I heard some of you, I'm talking about Jesus healing her. You're like, ooh, you're all excited. But what about Jairus who was standing there? Jairus is doing this right here. He's like, Jesus, come on. We don't care who touched you. Come on. Jesus, my daughter is dying. Come on. 
And about that time when the healing of the woman takes place, all of a sudden, someone from the house of Jairus walks up and said, it don't matter no more. Leave the teacher alone. Your daughter's dead. I don't think he did it out loud, but I can imagine in the mind and the heart of Jairus, he's like, Jesus, if you would have just come on, if you did not have worried about that other woman, if you would have just. And I love the response of Jesus. He said, don't be afraid. Just believe. In the story, they make their way to the house. I love what happens when Jesus gets there. He walks in and, and everybody's crying and welling and Jesus walks in. And, and, and I don't know if I'm biblically accurate, but I've almost had this image of Jesus walking in. And he's like, what's up? Good to see y'all. Randy. Ooh. And they're like, uh, funeral. Death, dead. He's like, what's wrong? And he's like, well, she's dead. He goes, oh, she ain't dead. She's just sleeping. I love the response of Jesus. They start getting mad. She, she dead, Jesus. What's wrong with you? Why are you talking like that? She's dead. And you know what Jesus does? See ya. Don't want to be ya. You're going to have to go home, but you ain't staying here. Get out. And Jesus kicks them out of the house. And the only ones left is him and three disciples. And, and then the, uh, the, the, the mom and the dad. And that's all that's left. Let me throw this in. I don't have time. This ain't part of the sermon. Can I tell you that there are some people in your life that don't need to be in your life? There are some people that are in your friend group that don't need to be in your friend group. The negative Nancy's. The mean mats, that it ain't ever going to happen, Hannah's, that was pretty good. That just came to me right there. That's not, that's not even in my notes. I'm going to today, this is what I wish we could do for a moment. I want us all to get in a time machine. And I want us to go back and maybe meet Jairus' daughter when she's 25. Just like the boy, she's 25. And what would she say to us about the story? What would? Because I, I believe that story was told many times. I know Daddy told the story. Let me tell you when my daughter was healed. Let me tell you my... I, and I think if we could go back and she could tell the story to us, there would be three things that probably Jairus' daughter would say to us. Number one is this, write it down. Trust Jesus between your ask and his answer. Trust Jesus between your ask and his answer. In other words, let me say it another way. He is the God of the betweens. I want you to know something real quick. The moment that Jairus asked Jesus, Jesus moved. But he didn't move to the answer. He just moved. 
When you ask Jesus, whatever, healing, deliverance, freedom, blessing, direction, whatever it may be, I need you to understand at the moment that you ask, Jesus moves. It doesn't mean he moves to the answer, but he does move with you to where you need to go. Here's the second thing in understanding that. In the between, Jesus never left Jairus. He was there all the time. Now, Jairus was getting frustrated. He was getting mad. Jairus wanted to go to his daughter and get her healed. He knew the desperation. Can I tell you this? Jesus knows the desperation, but he's never moved by the desperation. He's always moved by his design for your life. See, God's the God of the between. That after the ask, before the answer, if you would trust God, have faith in God, believe in God, realize that you may not see the answer, you may not see the healing, you may not see the deliverance, but if you'll trust God in the between, God's going to get you to the answer. You've got to trust him. What next would Jairus' daughter say to us? As she relives the story of how she almost died. And in fact, I'm sure her father has told the story many times. My daughter's a little miracle girl. My daughter's a little miracle girl. Maybe Jairus' daughter would say to us this, write this out. Know that Jesus' delays are not his denials. Know that Jesus' delays are not his denials. In fact, let me say this to you. What you perceive to be a delay is part of God's destiny. What you perceive to be a delay is part of God's design. Remember what I said about that little boy? He said, I enjoy meeting the car designer more than I did about getting the car. See, more, many times what you care more about is the healing or the deliverance or the financial blessing or the answer when all along all Jesus wanted you to do is not seek the miracle but the miracle worker. That's what Jesus wants. That's what he's looking for. What do you think the delay was for? The delay was for development. See, if Jesus would have just taken I don't think Jesus would have ran that way. Mainly because he didn't have Adidas like this. Those sandals probably flip-flop. But if Jesus would have gone straight to answer, he'd have missed out on what God was really trying to get out of his life. See, some of you despise the delay. You don't like what you're going through. You don't understand the detour. But until you understand why God has got you there, you will never get out of there. When my son was little, he was, I don't know how old he was, but he would play with his crayons one day, and he threw all his crayons, and at the end of the time he got through playing, we said, son, pick up your crayons. Nope. Buddy, pick up your crayons. <laughs> Buddy, pick up your crayons. He didn't. I popped his hand. He cried, but he said no. I popped his hand. He cried, but he still said no. Well, this went on for probably about, what, about 10 minutes, baby. About, oh, 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, I didn't hit hard enough. And finally, at the end of 45 minutes, 
One more time, he was about to say no, and Dad did his hand, and guess what he did? He picked up those crayons. See, at that moment, I was developing my son. See, there's sometimes what you need to realize that, guys, God's developing you. The delay was never a delay. What it really was, it was always part of the design of God to help to develop you to become the Christian and the believer that God's called you to be. And until you get it, you're going to stay there. Until you realize that you're going to be there. Listen, God's not saying, he's not denying your request. He's not saying it's not going to answer, it's not going to happen. He's not saying he's not going to give you the answer. What God is saying is, until we get there, will you take a ride with me and learn what you need to learn to become who you need to be? Because you are my child and I want everything in the world for you, but you can't get it until you're ready for it. I've told y'all. My sermons get shorter. There you go. Oh, forget y'all now. I don't believe it. <laughs> Last, number three. Jesus wants, to see, wants you to see the possibilities in the middle of your problems. Listen to the story. His daughter's 12 years old. The woman's had an issue of blood for 12 years. Jesus calls the woman who comes and touches his cloak. He said, daughter. There's not actually many times that Jesus refers to someone like, in, like daughter. What do you think Jesus was doing? Jesus wasn't just healing the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus was giving a lesson to that Jairus standing right there. See, in the middle of your problems, if you will do me a favor and take a step back for a second and look around the situation and begin to scan the circumstances, I promise you, you're going to see the hand of God at work. It wasn't by happenstance. The woman who had the issue of blood were 12 years when the daughter was 12 years old. It wasn't by happenstance that a woman... He refers to as daughter when it was his daughter that was on deathbed dying. In other words, have you ever had to do that? You're trying to get someone's attention without getting their attention. You know, like I need to get your attention. I'm like, David. <laughs> See, that's what Jesus was trying to do. Jairus, if I can heal this woman of an issue of blood, I can raise your daughter from the dead. Jairus, you're all worried and afraid, but I want you to stop being worried and afraid, and I want you to start believing in me. See, what you, you need to understand is, for most of you, all you can ever do is see your problems and your issues and your bad circumstances and your offense and your complaining and how you didn't get yours. When what you need to see is that the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the one who made everything, loves you and wants to spend time with you and wants to be with you. Do you understand that Jesus was just enjoying the walk with Jairus? I know Jairus was afraid on the way there, but Jesus wasn't. See, along the journey of the in-betweens, when you're in the middle of a delay, facing a problem, God wants you to stop seeing the delays and the problems and stop trying to get the answer and just enjoy being with the designer, the creator, and the miracle worker. I'll close with this. 
There's a word that, actually two words that Jesus says that I, I want you to hear. That's a Greek word, and what that means is, little girl, get up. Now, it's not like he's referring to a little girl, like he would say, man, woman. That's not what he's doing. It's actually a little bit different. What he's really saying is this. It's more of a, like darling, honey, baby doll. That's what I call my girls. Every night I take them before I go to bed and I say, baby dolls, daddy loves you, daddy talks to you in the morning. I refer to my girls as baby dolls. What Jesus was really doing was he sits down on the bed with a girl and the first thing he does is he grabs her hand. Let that be a lesson to you that if you hold on to the hand of Jesus, everything's going to be all right. That's all you need. And he says to her, he said, baby doll, Sweetie pie, honey, darling, get up. Now, the word there, kum, doesn't actually mean like, be resurrected, rise. It's not what he's saying. What he's really saying is this. It'd be like me in the morning time going to wake up my girls and say, hey, baby doll, time to get up. In other words, Jesus walks in, grabs the hand of the girl. In essence, remember, everything you see in the scriptures is there for a reason. If you always hold the hand of Jesus, everything's going to be all right. And then he says this. In the worst problem, what's worse than death? Hey, honey, get up. It's going to be all right. See, can I tell you that sometimes things are not always what they seem. And things aren't as bad as you think they are. And what you perceive that will destroy you is the very thing that's going to get you to your destiny. And that moment, as he hold that little girl and he said, get up. You know what she did? She got up. And I believe 25, I believe, well, 13 years later, she's 25 years old. She said, I realized that day. I realized that day that no matter what, that my God is always the God of the betweens. I'm going to trust him between the ask and the answer. I realized in my life that day that God's delays are not always his denials. He's going to still keep his promises. But you know what I really realized that day? In the middle of the worst problem of my life, that the possibilities are always bigger than the problems. If I hold the hand of Jesus and listen to his voice. Do you hear me today? Jesus is saying to all of us, get up. Trust me. Hold on to my hand. It's going to be all right. I'll close with this. The story of the father and the son at the beginning, that was me. And that was my little boy. We were just on our vacation and went in there and I almost started crying. See, 15 years ago, I was Paul. I couldn't afford the R. I was Poe. That's how poor I was. I can't afford the R. We barely had enough money to go on the trip. But when I text my son that day and said, Sunday, going to buy you a car. And when he texts back, Dad, I remember the designer more than I remember not getting the car. 
what he thought was a physical answer, I perceived as a spiritual truth that I had taught my son well. Always look to the designer. Always seek the creator. Always want the miracle worker more than the miracle. And if you do life, it's going to be all right. Will you stand with me? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I have a question. If you're here today and you're in the in-between, the delay, the problem, and you're growing weary and frustrated, and you're waiting for the answer, I want you to raise your hand right now. God, I pray for every hand that is raised. That, Lord, they've asked. They're in the between, the delay, the problem. But, God, I pray today, Lord, that let them know that an answer is coming. The possibilities are always there. That, God, their delay is not a denial. It's just a developing moment. So, God, I pray today over every man and woman that is here in the name of Jesus Christ, wherever they're at in the middle of their between, that, God, I pray that you would give them faith and trust and confidence and assurance that everything is going to be all right. Last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, say, Pastor, if I were to die today, I don't know whether I'm going to heaven or hell, but I don't want to leave this service without calling on the name of Jesus Christ. No one's looking, just you, me, and the Lord. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I want to give my heart and life to Christ. It is so simple and so easy. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord, of your life, and you shall be saved. If you're here today and you'd like to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. I had one raise their hand, give God praise. Everyone say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Thank you.